Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot, and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218, or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www tinakinneyclark.com that's t-i-n-a-k-i-n-n-e-y c-l-a-r-k-e hey everyone i have a amazing guest today named patrick cutler he's an independent filmmaker he created a film called red gate which is about mysterious events that occurred in western montana welcome to the show patrick Hey, thank you. Uh, glad to be on. Yeah. So tell us a little more about yourself, because I know that you are also an improv actor. You have a production company. And then walk us into how you ended up making this film. So um, I kind of, as a, a little kid, um, my parents had a VHS camera and they brought it out and they're taking videos of us as little kids, like all parents did back in like the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, uh, they asked uh, me to videotape them for once so they could get some video themselves. So I picked up that video camera. I was like five or six years old and I just started filming. I was like, this is a lot of fun. I like that. So since then, me and my brothers, we do all kinds of movies when we were kids and um, it branched out from there too. I got into doing uh, full-length feature films when I was in college and um, moved all around the country from Montana, uh, born and raised Montana, moved to Pittsburgh, Alaska. I did some film work stuff. And then I came back to Montana right around the time uh, COVID hit and got stuck here and um got back into making films and stuff. And this is a horror film called Redgate that I've been working on for a couple of years. I started writing it several years ago in Alaska and, and it's kind of really went from what I would consider to be written, written as a completely fictional movie with maybe a little bit of truth to it to now it's like 90% true. <laughs> and it blows my mind some of the things I've come across. <laughs> <laughs> so you started out as a horror film and now it's turned into something way more real <laughs> yeah well it's it's funny because we we do as you talk we're, i'm an improv comedy actor and me and my brother we've done um pretty much when it comes to our full-length feature films they've all been comedies and our first attempt one of our first attempts at a full-length feature film that f- completely failed was um a movie called enigma and um it was a horror movie because we wanted to do a horror movie and i think deep down inside both of us we wanted to eventually go back and do a horror film eventually 
And then um, once COVID kind of hit and I got stranded here, I had nothing else to do. I was like, well, let's, let's plan on doing a horror film and see what happens. <laughs> that was me. It was like, Hey, I'm home all the time. Let me start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's uh, it's crazy. You know, there's a lot of bad things with COVID, but all the good things that came out of it, remote work and some of these things that technology and, and these businesses had to, uh, you know, do things on the fly. And now, now there's so much more remote work. Almost anybody can find a remote job anywhere where before it was kind of like, uh, kind of sketchy to find a remote job. <laughs> yeah. And when I entered the work world, like 20 years ago, you had to go into the office and you had to wear a suit and, yeah. you know, you might get one day every two weeks to work at home. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's kind of with me too. In Alaska, they're really flexible and I probably could take more advantage of it, but yeah, they, they probably, they would have given me like a day where they would have been like, Oh, you could work for home today. If you're not feeling well, if you want to do that. And uh, yeah. 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 (laughs) I think it's great because that's where we should have been doing, you know, and people get to live where they want to live. They're not necessarily stuck in the cities and and, and, you know, there's a big movement out of the Northeast and to the South and out of California into Montana. I know. I know people aren't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard I've been to Montana like five or six times. I love it out there. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's interesting to say that because I was living in Alaska in a very remote village. It's very hard to get teachers. And pe- I was on a teacher's contract, but I was working as a film guy for the district on a different contract. And so many years where it's like, man, if I could just find a way to like work remotely, then occasionally fly up to Alaska, I, I would have stayed with that job probably forever. But it never seemed like that option was on the table where now it's like when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, my kids, my uh, my wife actually ended up divorcing me and she left me in Alaska with, and took the kids. And uh, I was planning on moving down eventually. But um, during spring break of the year, I was planning on moving down. I went to see my kids over spring break in Montana and then COVID hit. And I live in a very remote area in Alaska. You have to fly bush planes into these villages. Mm-hmm. And they basically canceled all bush passenger flights into the village. And our superintendent said, if you're on spring break right now in the lower 48 anywhere, stay there. Don't bother coming back because it's not looking good. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, so I ended up working remotely for the last three months of my contract there, which is kind of cool. But um, it was, uh, the flights were all, they weren't allowing... The villages, because the native villages, they have control, you know, say final say over everything. Yeah. And they were allowing passenger planes in because during the Spanish uh, flu, um, half of these villages were knocked out because of the Spanish flu. And for yeah. whatever reason, um, native, I think it's because maybe some of the food they eat and stuff, native uh, Alaskans up there are much more susceptible to these flus and viruses and everything else. So they were really strict and say, you know, when it first hit, they're just like, no, we're not, we're not doing passenger wow. planes. Wow. Yeah. If you left, don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so my plan was to eventually go back up there during the summer and get my stuff. But um, you had to quarantine at so many different spots in Alaska. It would take me two months to do it. And I just like had someone pack my stuff up and just set it. <laughs> wow. It was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. So tell me more about the movie and these uh, events in Western Montana. So are we talking about like around Helena or? So, um, I'd say, so uh, I was born and raised in a place called Deer Lodge, Montana in Redgate area. So Deer Lodge is this beautiful valley in between these gorgeous mountains. We have a picturesque mountain that looks over the town. It's like a uh, paramount pictures mountain, almost so beautiful. And um, basically Redgate is on one side of the valley in the mountains area. Um, 
a lot of UFO paranormal bizarre activities happened there um, for a very long time. So in relation to Helena, Dirage is about, uh, we're about 40 miles away from Helena. Okay, so pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty close. All of Western Montana has mountains everywhere, so it's kind of hard to yeah. uh, decipher what's what. Yeah. Um, but the story originally, um, the, the original Redgate story, I thought was more folklore, more mythical. And it was like a, a campfire story you'd hear as kids growing up around the campfire. And it kind of goes like this. So up in the Redgate area, there used to be, um, the Duraj Valley was founded because there are mines all over in the mountains and people needed mm-hmm. a place to come you know, down at. So that was, that's how Duraj was founded. One of these mines was called the Emory Mine. They had like cabins up there, a little a school boarding house. And a guy had this homestead up there. And basically one day he comes home to that homestead and he takes an ax and kills his wife and his two kids. And then the next morning they see him outside the front of his homestead painting his gate red with their blood. Oh my God. So that was the original <laughs> story of Redgate. And that's what I was going to go base this all off of originally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then um, the more I did, you know, whenever you do any film, project you do a lot of investigations and stuff and the more i investigate this area and the rumors of paranormal activity and ufo sightings and alien activity the more and more i thought wow there might be a lot more here than i originally thought and that's what made me down this crazy path i've been on (laughs) so tell us what you learned um so uh here's one of the things that makes the area kind of weird the the founding of the town was always kind of strange because it was it was um originally it was a native american establishment it was a uh it was a native american group called the metis people and they established a settlement called uh spanish fork and it was right down the valley and this guy named johnny grant came along and found an area called grantsville is like 10 15 miles out of town and what happened was um he left back to Oregon, wherever he came from, and came back with all his friends and buddies and family members, and then founded modern-day Deer Lodge, where Spanish Fork was originally founded by the Métis people. And the most bizarre thing alive is that in the history books, the Métis people just kind of disappear, like they're disappearing. They don't. They just thought they're just gone one day. So a lot of people think that Deer Lodge was actually built on top of a Native American massacre burial ground site. So that's one of the theories why there's just bizarre activity here. And to help support that, there's actually um, down the road, several miles, there's actually a Native American burial ground that uh, kind of backs some of that story up. And of course, back then in Montana, which everything was happening, there's a lot of situations like this. So that's kind of where everything started to get kind of bizarre and weird. And over the years, you've seen all kinds of different things. But um, one of the biggest things that started occurring was in the 1920s, um, they had cattle mutilations of uh, these farmers or ranchers would, would go out and their cattle would be completely mutilated. The blood would be completely removed from the cow and certain organs would be removed on top of that. And it wouldn't make any sense because there wasn't any animal marks on the cow. There wasn't, it was like precision cutting, like precision tools that maybe humans don't even have. So <laughs> that was really, really bizarre. Um, occurrences still happen today the first known alien activity though happened around uh, 1950 these two kids um they would go out and they would meet these things they called their gray friends in the woods and this is all kind of yeah <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is all that's this is not all a good weird. idea <laughs> yeah. our gray friends are gonna go hang out with our gray buddies <laughs> 
uh, and they'd meet them and um, they'd go aboard their uh, uh, spacecraft and they'd get on board and hang out with them. And they described these creatures as being about four feet high, gray with huge black eyes. And um, for several years, they were kids, they would frequently meet with them and, and go aboard their spaceship. And there, there's a lot of stories that come off of that. Mm-hmm. But where it's kind of because they, as they grew up and became adults, they kind of forgot a lot of these stories and stuff. So um, what they did, and this is in this film called The Secret of Red Gates, an old documentary, like 15 years ago. And what they did is they did hypnosis, like past regression type hypnosis, where you can bring up old memories and things. And they started, I don't know if you believe in that or not, but they- Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. And they, they went inside their mind, their, through hypnosis, they're able to bring up these memories uh, uh, of their childhood, these stories about meeting these aliens as kids. And they're just- it's almost kind of shocking to listen to them tell these stories about these little alien friends that have three and a half feet, four feet tall. Um, and they, they break down crying. So when you cry, you're scared. You're like, no, I'm, I'm crying because I love the, the, they're my friends. I love to hang out with them. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe they were the good kind, not the bad kind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's really kind of strange. Like it, it the, the movie you could check it out the secret of reggae. It's on uh, YouTube right now. It's, the stories they tell are just interesting as all heck. It's just like very, very bizarre. Yeah, hypnosis is so fascinating because your subconscious remembers everything. Yes. <laughs> and that's what the hypnosis does. It taps into that subconscious and not only in this lifetime, but in other lifetimes. So you could go into another lifetime and have very vivid memories. And I've been I've been past life regress. So Oh, you've done you those know. before. I've I've tried one yeah. of them before, but I, I never I did one like on YouTube or whatever, but I never did like one in person or anything. I found I found a woman who was trained by the same guy who trained Dr. Brian Weiss, and he has a bunch of books about past lives. He's a, a psychotherapist. But um anyway, I found her in Northern Virginia. So I'm gonna try this because I was dipping my toe and everything. This is like around the time I was learning Reiki and learning tarot and trying all these new things and I went back into like a scary situation and I was literally almost hyperventilating and you can't fake that it's not I'm not an actress okay I can't like conjure up feelings when I want to Mm -hmm. or fear whatever and I was really feeling it because I was in a dark cave with a bear and I was about to get yeah get it or whatever die so she you know what they do in that situation is the hypnotherapist pulls you away from the event and says you're not in it anymore but tell me what happens so you don't you're not emotionally like involved in it she says it's just something that happened just tell me what happened that gets you in a calmer state so you can say what happens in a situation but I really felt the fear did you okay oh my god i was like like i said i was terrified like you should watch that old documentary the secret of redgate because they're they all feel that same fear i think their fear though is they're going back as an adult and and trying to go on a spaceship and these different things and that would be kind of scary as an adult to try to go back and do those things i guess it's it's like right right as a kid you're very open right you're very accepting that's why children can see spirit because they don't have any filters so they can, they'll see a spirit and think it's a person 
you know, and they're not trying to block it or, or explain it away. I, I've also heard a lot of things with, with, with that. And with uh, children is that like the moment they're born, they're the closest um, that just came from God. So they have that. Right. Of, um, right. And I think we have auras like energy fields around us that have colors. And I think children and toddlers can see the colors too. Now I always get a kick out of like a baby who's staring at me because I'm wondering, do you see, you know, the colors around me? Because you never get stared hard by a baby or a toddler, like, yes, like yes, looking yeah. through you almost. And you're like, what are you looking at? Same thing with animals because animals can see it too. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot uh, with me around just a random baby or something. And like, yeah. Okay. And they give you, you a real long stare. You know? It's like they go through everybody else in the room, not interesting, not interesting, not interesting. You. Yep. I know who yeah. you really are. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I recognize you from this other lifetime. Oh, <laughs> well, luckily you can't talk and tell anybody. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, so, yeah. um, so the film, so you decided to change the film more into a nonfiction. Is it more like a documentary now? It, it's It's more like a found footage documentary type film and yeah. um and it has a little bit um it's it's I, like it's like I said, it's like 90 percent true has just a little bit um story to it to kind of make it a little bit more interesting or whatever but it's it's like it's it's mostly true and a lot of stories are told in it that i, I tell a lot of people but um what really happened the changing of the film was i bumped into this guy that i haven't seen in like 15 years or something like that his name is uh don bromley and he he was um, doing a TV news story on aliens because this is about the time when the government released those uh, the alien findings or whatever in June, mm-hmm. and um, he was like the guy the guy the TV anchor was like, do you know anybody else in Deer Lodge in that Redgate area that uh, knows any stuff or would it be helpful for this this TV uh, segment I'm doing? And he's like, yeah, the Cutler brothers and he, me because we have our theater here, we've done movies and stuff, so yeah, so he uh, contacted me. And the reason Don was doing the TV interview was because he had caught on a hunting trail camera what appears to be an alien image. And it is the most, one of the most bizarre images I've ever seen. Like I've seen some of the Bigfoot, I've seen the Bigfoot tape from What's-His-Face and I don't know if I'm all that convinced on it or not, but this thing is like really bizarre because there's no explanation for it. So I can tell you that the story behind this image is, is really pretty interesting. So he works as um, kind of like a ranch hand, um, helps, uh, helps different areas. He works for a lot of rich people in this area because a lot of rich people own some big pieces of property. And he sets up these uh, hunting trail cams along this guy's property and outside of it and stuff, not only for himself, but for the guy to kind of help monitor his property. And he set up this hunting camera and it's, it's technically public property, but it's like a very small strip of public property between all this public land or private land. So it's an extremely, extremely hard location to get to for a human being that isn't an owner of that land or area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this happened October, uh, late October at night. So it's, it's Montana at night in the mountains in a place that can't really be accessed by humans unless you have a, a key to this, this ranch or whatever. And um the image comes across the camera and it's really blurry and it captures one shot of the, the image. Uh, and this camera, what it does, it's like motion detected. So mm-hmm. instead of for three straight pictures, so boom, boom, boom. 
every single animal he catches on this camera, every single human he catches, you always get at least two pictures of the animal, no matter how fast he's caught bears on this elk deer, no matter how fast it's going, at least two, mm-hmm. at least two. And, um, catches one image of this thing coming across it. The next two images are completely black. And then the camera itself completely fried out, like died instantly. Mm-hmm. And this camera was brand new with lithium batteries. And it, those lithium batteries last up, usually last a year or more. So it's, it's crazy. The energy just like killed this camera completely. <clears throat> so, I mean, you can look at the image, you can debate it and whatnot, but um, the circumstances be- around it are very bizarre because it doesn't make any sense. And he's done a comparison image too. So <clears throat> if you look at the, the record alien image, it's kind of circulated online and stuff. Uh, a couple of things I know is right away. There's, there's no shoes on it. So if it was a human, they'd be wearing some kind of shoes. There's no backpack at all or anything. If someone was up there, they'd probably be backpacking or something or have a gun. Like they have a, they're from yeah. they'd have a rifle with them or something. Right. You know? Yeah. And then, cause uh, Don himself did a comparison image at the exact same location and the head's kind of going sideways up this way. And so you would, you would see at least one eye of a human. And when the, infrared catches it you'd see a glow out of uh, a bright glow out of the eye because when don did it he did the same thing you can see the glow out of his eyes there's no glow out of any eyes or anything like that there's so many anomalies i think this is you know one of the few images that is a legit alien caught on camera wow but yeah. i want to see the image now well maybe <laughs> if you do have a link to it we can put it um, in the notes I, so people yeah, can I check should... it out I sent you it just right before we started the show. So I was like, gosh, oh, I should have that before <laughs> to look at it. But uh, uh, if you Google Redgate Alien or Don mm-hmm. Bromley, mm-hmm. Just, just Google Redgate Alien or Redgate Montana, Redgate Alien or Redgate Montana. And there's a bunch of articles because in promoting this film, I, I was able to get it circulated in uh, the sun and the mirror out of Great Britain. It's kind of circulated internationally. Um, so Redgate Alien, search that and you'll find this image. It's, it's very bizarre. Yeah, I just read a book on the different kinds of aliens. I'm going to, I'll share it with you later. You might be interested in it. Yeah, I would be very interested because on the show the other day, um, someone suggested it might be like a skinwalker and skinwalkers are kind of Native American Navajo related where it can morph into different um, entities and things of that nature. And I started thinking about that. And yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, one person said it looked like a centurion. I mean, Don's been on a lot of shows too, and he's had a lot of comparisons to all these different things it could be. <laughs> yeah, but it was only the profile, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I, but, I was yeah. I was looking at some alien clips the other day, and there was one that looked like a gray. That was creepy. The UFO ones I'm not that interested in. You know, yeah. I'm like, you know, I mean, I pretty much accept that there are UFOs and there are aliens, yes. So I, I've seen stuff multiple times. I've seen UFOs multiple times. So um, it's not a big deal to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, and yeah, and I have some UFO activity in this film too. That's really bizarre. Oh, really? Really strange. Yeah. This, this guy um, came home from his, um, and this was inside Durant. This wasn't necessarily out by the Redgate area, but it was in town. And he came home from a movie with his kids. And he parked. As house looked up in this hill and he looked up in the sky and the clouds there's these white bulbs just like moving around like six seven eight of them no 
no synchronized direction, no synchronized thing, just moving around in the sky, not fireworks. They explode. Just, it's just bizarre. You should watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. and he just he pulls out an old cell phone and he, he tells me like you know it's, it's too bad i ha- didn't have like a really nice camera at the time because when you saw it in person it was incredible like those old cell phone can barely kind of capture it but like, yeah just they're just floating around the sky and they float there for like a minute or two and then you just disappeared completely yeah it was bizarre yeah, yeah. there's also yeah. like orbs that you can see in the forest like in the woods i've seen those i don't think those are necessarily ufos i think they might their spirit related or travel yeah. vehicles for some kind of being or but you know that have formed into a sphere yeah um but yeah like if i tell everybody even where i live uh, and i live outside charleston if you go sit out at night and watch long enough you'll see something that you don't you can't explain yeah no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and that and that's the crazy thing about Redgate is in, in a very mountainous area, and people drive up there, go hunting up there all the time. There's so many stories of lights in the sky and, and people chasing lights in the sky, or people running away from the pen. Depends who you are. I mean, some people like to chase after them. <laughs> some chase them. Some <laughs> run away. Some stop because <laughs> yeah, a lot of these stories like uh, the lights been following them or whatever as they're driving. So you can either oh, run yeah. away from it, chase after it, or some people even stop and just get out of their vehicle just to stare at it and be like, what is that exactly? <laughs> yeah. So have you ever heard of um, the Montana megaliths? Yes. I have a okay, friend who's introduced so me to that. Uh, I've yeah. been out there twice with Julie Ryder, who's found a lot of these spots and that's around Helena. And um, she told me this story at one of the places called Giants Playground. Because um, I don't know, I think we were joking. We were like, oh, maybe we, sh- you know, we could sleep over in this area overnight. And she says, well, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, well, why? And she's like, well, I had one guy sleep overnight in this area. And he said a UFO showed up overhead and scared him. And he ran into the car and like, took off and i was like oh my goodness (laughs) i I don't want to sleep over here then (laughs) yeah no that's that's yeah that's have you ever heard of boulder springs i think it's boulder springs hotel i don't know if i heard of that or not yeah that's outside helena so it's really close to giants playground okay so yeah, man, it was, it was actually back in the fall because I picked up a lot of steam with all these different bizarre things. People coming to me with all kinds of stories. And one of them was the megaliths. And I I had planned to go out on a video shoot to actually film them and stuff. But then I got sick that day and had to call off. And I was just like, oh, I'm not feeling it. So, um, but I had seen pictures. There's a guy I know in Montana. That's what he does. He goes out there and takes pictures of these things, video these things. And he's been investigating the megaliths for quite some time. So it's, it's really interesting stuff to me. I really want to get out and check them out. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. They have dolmens and or all sorts of what Julie calls flash fossilized, fossilized creatures, you know, yeah. and I went out there in July, I was just out there, actually, because Redgate's near Flathead Lake, right? No, uh, no, that's a, di- that's a different alien story. <laughs> that's a different, oh, that's a different, okay, I was at <laughs> Flathead Lake in July, too, so. But, um, yeah, Flathead Lake, that's like, yeah, it's like the well, it's the biggest lake in Montana. Yeah, it's a pretty big lake, Flathead. Uh, yeah, I used to go up there all the time. I haven't been up there in a while, but yeah, yeah I used so to take my pretty. kid. Yeah, up by uh, Polson. What what part of the lake did you go to? We were on our way back from 
I would have to look up. There was a little town with a with a restaurant. I would have to look it up. Yeah, there's quite a few. It depends how far you went. The first town that reaches Flathead Lake is uh, Polson, and they have uh, they have quite a few different restaurants. But it's, uh, it's pretty tourist. But if you go up past Polson, you can go way up north to the very top of it. Um, but yeah, Flathead's Flathead's like really cool lake. Yeah, basically Julie was driving, so I wasn't paying attention to <laughs> the roads and stuff. She would just she just take her to take us to these different locations and point it out and. We would stare and stare at it until we finally, luckily, my friend and I are very good at seeing figures and faces and things, yeah. but, you know, we would stare at it and be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes we'd see things she didn't see, you know, so we would, we would, there's actually like uh, mountains uh, and rocks shaped like dragons out there too oh, which was really? i love that yeah amazing i'll share my pictures with you so you can yeah see yeah i like a to, bunch of pictures i'd like to check them out yeah for sure yeah. i'd be really interested to check man them out. if i lived out there i'd go i'd be going out in the woods all the time looking at that stuff yeah uh, most people that do though they they go out like right now snowmobiling season so you think anywhere you want to go in the mountains right now you can take your snowmobile out to go out there but um yeah yeah, it's it's nice being able in Montana being able to just um, get in a vehicle and just drive right up into the mountains and get away from everything. It's so easy to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing you could be out there and not see anybody. Even in federal land, you won't see anyone out it's there. It's crazy. Even the areas like in, in Duras, there's a lot of popular areas, but there's only, there's only a handful of roads. And so many times you go out there and just, yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody. The thing about those mountains, though, is like I feel safe out there. Yeah, I've been in mountains and wooded areas where I just wanted to get out oh, right really? away that I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, but not in Montana. I feel good in Montana. Yeah, yeah, Montana's it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's really nice. It's it's yeah. pretty. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's I, I was out south. I was not south, but um, I was I lived in Pittsburgh for a while and like places like uh, West Virginia. I don't think I'd want to be stuck in some of the wooded areas there. <laughs> Yeah, like my my dad was from New Hampshire, close to Maine, and I don't think I, I don't really want to be out there alone and tromping through the woods for some reason. I just the vibe up there. It's weird. It yeah. is weird. Plus, I heard the tick problem was horrendous uh, up in Maine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my brother, um, even ticks ticks issues have been popping up in the midwest and the northeast pretty bad my brother actually got lyme disease from a tick and he lives yeah. in wisconsin and uh yeah it's kind of crazy how it's almost like the land is cursed because yeah. in, in northern virginia it's the same way so many people have lyme disease and we're picking ticks off of our kids you know like my my daughter was in her backyard and I live in a subdivision and she got a couple of baby ticks on her just playing in the it's it's nasty. Like I'm so relieved I don't live there anymore. So I don't have to worry about the ticks. Yeah, it's so weird because uh it's weird that other places are having that issue. Montana, I thought was the only place that really had tick issues, but um Oh my god, yeah. no, the northeast yeah. and Virginia is terrible. They even have uh, ticks in Arkansas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
They got ticks everywhere now, I guess. <laughs> so when you started this, Phil, were you a believer in aliens? And how do you feel about aliens now? Um, yeah, when I started it, um, I heard a lot of their alien stories. And I was kind of a skeptic uh, as to whether aliens actually... I mean, I'll say like this, I, I believe, you know, in, in the entire universe, there's no possibly some intelligent life doesn't exist out there. But um, I was kind of, I, I was kind of, I think I've always kind of been on the fence with, with aliens, not really sure, especially in, I grew up in this area and, and I only had a couple experiences. I didn't have a lot. So um, I was kind of skeptical of Redgate and the actual alien narrative, whether that was true or not. <clears throat> and then once I saw this image and bumped into Dawn, I was like, oh, geez, yeah there's something yeah i'm starting to believe now if you got an actual alien on camera then yeah you got me <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah my beliefs yeah so you but you're a believer now yeah i was i was i was kind of on the fence but now i'm like definitely like yeah and a lot of people uh or some people the other day thought that the alien image cock could also be a paranormal spirit and that's also a plausible explanation for it but man it, it the the shape of it and everything it definitely looks like an alien going flying by really fast <laughs> yeah yes it didn't look human huh no it, it doesn't look human at all <laughs> some of those cameras pick up some strange stuff those uh i think there's a picture of i don't know if it's a person the reason why i say i don't know it's a person because it looked human and it had robes on it but the fingers were really long like twice oh. as long as they should have been Oh, really? And I was like, what the heck? That is weird. That is weird. weird. Yeah. The nice thing about this photo is uh, it's already been on the History Channel like a year or two ago. And the History Channel even did a photo analysis of it and confirmed that the image wasn't faked or anything like that. So that's kind of a cool backstory that you can sit there and say, yeah, this image definitely wasn't faked. It's a real image. And then, um, yeah, once you figure that part out, it's like, okay. Yeah, what what exactly is this? It's just weird. So what do you think of the batteries going dead? I think that's an energy thing. And you get that with paranormal entities. Yes. Yep. Big time. So that's why you could have a paranormal aspect on it because um, a lot of paranormal entities that have a lot of power will, will kind of kill the electronics and things of that nature. Um, he had a previous story where he was flying a, a drone in the old montana because uh Gerard is actually home with the state prison and the old montana state prison is a museum now and it has a lot of paranormal activity because of past riots and murders and stuff mm-hmm. so there's a lot of bad paranormal activity in there and he was flying around a drone for a movie once and the drone just completely died out, out of the sky and just dropped instantly and that's because of the activity there so that's why i think yeah, paranormal couldn't impact this camera and, and kill the batteries. But um, I also think like aliens have so much power and everything else that um, they could easily do the same thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I, I just looked at the email you sent me. I see the picture. Yep. I think I was looking at this the other day. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been around. <laughs> It's a weird image. <laughs> now, have you ever heard of Terry Lovelace? He wrote the book um, Incident at Devil's Den. I think and I've heard his name. He's a former lawyer and a judge, I think. And he didn't come out with his experiences till after he retired in the past couple of years. 
Oh, yes. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. So his book is creepy. I mean, he said that the little, they would come in his room at night, but they would look like monkeys, little monkeys. And they would say, come, Terry, come and play with us. And they would take him on the ship. And no one believed him, of course, like he didn't want to sleep alone. He kept waking up at night, screaming for his parents and his sister. And they all angry at him because they're messing up their sleep. You know, he's messing with their sleep. And and he had a cousin, too, that was getting abducted. But he didn't see monkeys. He saw clowns. Clowns? Clowns. That is interesting. And he even has some evidence because he was wearing some kind of Fitbit watch when he was sleeping. And he had a dream that they took him up into the ship. And he said that um, at that point, he somehow he could he measured how high he went, like 40 feet above the house with the watch on. Holy cow. (laughs) And I was like, what the (laughs) That is, that is really weird. That is really strange. 40 feet. Yeah, it's terrifying though, because like some of these people, they get taken over and over again since childhood and they don't seem to be able to stop it because in the spiritual world, you can like call on Jesus or command Mm -hmm. things to go away and say, you don't have my permission, but it doesn't seem to be the case with these people you know, and it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. And that's, that's a uh, discussion I had the other day on a podcast. The guy was uh, a fairly Christian person. uh, And he brought that up as like, does the aliens, the idea of aliens, does that contradict the Bible? Or he asked me what I thought about that. And I was like, well, if you look back on some of like TV shows like that, history channels, ancient aliens, and you talk about like in the Bible, like that, the chariots of fire and stuff. You can make an argument. Maybe that's an alien right. spacecraft mm-hmm. of some kind. So does it contradict it? Is it the same thing? Is it not the same thing? And it's like, yeah, and that's the thing. If there are two separate things, then it's kind of like, okay, well, how does how does this all connect together then? You know, because if God can't save you from the aliens, then <laughs> we are Probably. not calling on the right God. Exactly. Yeah. But, and it doesn't always work. Like it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So maybe it's your power and belief behind your command. Um, yeah. I don't know. All well, I is, know uh, is I told the aliens they better leave me alone. <laughs> oh, I will hurt them. I told them. I was like, I will hurt you. And I will yeah. call on my guardians if you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's weird it, the stories it's like it's like what i see one i saw one show as a kid at one alien type show on like nbc or some tv made movie and i was like after that i was like no i'm scared to death of aliens now <laughs> and now it i don't is, really care yeah. i would have to say terry lovelace's book kind of shook me a little because he he goes he has two books and the second book goes into more detail about um an abduction that happened when he was in the military with his friend and he talk, he goes into more detail about what happened with his friend because they basically stopped talking to each other after that. And then he has a, some stories, like the second half of the book are like people writing in with their stories. 
it's just it's creepy gosh that sounds like super creepy yeah yeah and you think and you think like people need to be in the country to get abducted we're talking suburbs of northern virginia i i heard a story of people getting abducted right out the right out of the french quarter in new orleans really yes (laughs) wow what (laughs) how how is that possible (laughs) well anything's possible yeah, that is really crazy. The and it, makes, it makes you think because Terry said his clothes weren't on right or his his shoes weren't on right or something when he when he came to after the adult abduction. And it made me think of missing 911. Um, and have you heard of David Polites and his books on missing people in the parks? I, I think, parks? yeah, a little bit, yeah. So one of the commonalities of these weird um, missing people is that their clothes will be on the wrong way when they find them. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe they were abducted. That's really strange. That's really weird. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. There's a there's a the abduction story I know about Redgate is uh, some guy was driving up the mountains around Redgate. He was going up into the mountains and then suddenly. He woke up four hours later, like instantly, four hours had passed, and he was driving down the mountains the complete opposite direction. Which is weird. <laughs> like, they just zoomed him up and put him right back down and woke yep. him up, and he's like going right back down. And I was like, what the heck happened? <laughs> I, have, I have an astrologer that I get a lot of readings from, and she, she's asked me almost every reading if I've ever lost time. You know, and I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never lost time. Thanks. Don't want to. <laughs> I I had a very strange experience recently. I got on, an, I was uh, seeing my kids live in Pittsburgh and I was uh, on an airplane um, in Pittsburgh and I was flying to Denver and I got on the airplane. I was, uh, had my headphones on. I was watching the me- movie previews and everything else. And then um, all I remember is I, I just, not, I don't sleep on airplanes like some people do. I usually don't at all. And I just remember the plane was about to take off. And then I just woke up three hours later and they're announcing they're already landing in Denver. I was like, well, that's kind of crazy because I was just sat down. And I reached into my pocket when I got to the airport to get my tickets to the next booth to go on my flight to Montana. And I pulled out of my pocket where someone else's plane tickets in my pocket. It's like, how did they get there? <laughs> Did you look at the flight? What was somebody on your flight or? Uh, it, 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 it probably was someone on my flight because they were there. They're, so my ticket was going from uh, Denver to Missoula, Montana. And the tickets that I had in my pocket for them were going from Denver to Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where you'd go if you want to go check out Roswell down the road. So, <laughs> so it's just like very strange. I, I didn't like I wasn't wow. like. I don't remember talking to anybody before the flight, really. I wasn't really, I mean, I talked to someone at the bar before the flight, but I wasn't like really close with somebody or around somebody. I, I have no idea how the tickets got in my pocket. I still have all, I threw my trash. My mom's like, you should keep those. Cause you never know. Yeah, what I find. would keep it. Cause then you might figure out later what it means. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the most bizarre experiences I've ever had. It's like, I felt like I time warped three hours and 
And can I believe I'm a big believer in the multiverse, multi-dimension theory of we all yeah. have different dimensions of ourselves. Yeah. And it felt it felt like one of those quantum jumps into like one dimension to another. And it was just weird. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I've lost my keys twice in Montana. The first time was when I went to that Boulder Springs Hotel, which is haunted, by the way. And I pulled up in the SUV with my friend and we were, she wanted to go in and check in and check out the rooms before we brought our luggage up there. So I had my backpack and the keys. And as I walked away, you know, when you would lock it, it kind of makes that beep beep sound. And she heard it too. So I put the keys in a backpack. We get the keys to the room. I go in the room. Okay, the room's fine. And then like I start looking for the car keys and I couldn't find it. And, and I said to Becky, I said, I just, I dumped my entire backpack on the bed. And I was like, where the heck is my keys? And I said to my friend, I said, you heard me lock it, right? When we walked away. And she's like, yeah. She's like, well, let's just go back to the car. And so we went back to the vehicle. The vehicle was unlocked and the keys were in the console. It's weird. And, and you that- know what I said, being who I am, I said, if there's some ghost trying to mess with me here, I would advise you not to ever do that again. Yeah. Do not mess with me and nothing else mess with me for the rest of the week. That's crazy. You see, a uh, thing that I read a lot of when you shift between parallel realities and parallel dimensions is that things will go missing out of nowhere and they'll appear at a different location. Where you're like, I don't remember ever sitting in there. And so that's, mm-hmm. sometimes they say that's, that's a sign that you've shifted realities, which is really kind of creepy. Well, I do think that ghosts mess with people. And I yeah. do think they'll take stuff and move it around and they get like a little, they get a little fun. I don't know. This is like fun and games to them. And so right away, I was like, don't ever mess with me for the rest of the week. And they didn't. That is interesting. Yeah. But then the last time I went to Montana in July, I just stayed at a hotel in Helena and I had, um, I had my keys, you know, with all my little cards on it, you know, that you'd scan it. And I could not find it. And I'm pretty sure I didn't take it out of my suitcase. And those I never ended up finding. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of pissed about it, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, shoot. (laughs) Because I had the keys to my husband's car. And, you know, where to, to click the button to unlock it. And I found an extra key recently but i was thinking about where the heck are my keys from helena (laughs) (laughs) gosh yeah that's that's interesting whenever i travel stuff like that happens just things just randomly go missing it's annoying it's like come on stop like i was in utah and my friend and i um in the like uinta mountains i think that's how you pronounce it so we're like kind of Sasquatch people. and There's a lot of sightings around there. So we decided to stay at an Airbnb like overnight in the, you know, it's basically in the mountains. And um, when you travel, it's hard to keep track of your things sometimes. So it's natural that you kind of like put something down and forget it. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find my phone for a while. And then I remembered that I had put my phone with my Kindle in the room upstairs. So I did find it. 
So I put that phone right next to me on the nightstand, went to sleep. The next morning, I couldn't find it. I woke up and I was like, am I losing my mind? Like, I know I put it here next to me. So I'm looking all over the place. My backpack is at the end of the bed on the floor. And I move my backpack and the phone is on the floor next to the backpack. Now, either I'm a sleepwalker, which I'm not, or it moved from the nightstand to the floor next to my backpack. That is weird. Those are the ones that drive you nuts the most when you like make a calculation in your mind. Okay, I'm setting this right here, and then it just disappears the next day. You're like, oh, wait a second. I just, What's going on? I was like, man, if there was a video, like a film, would it see it like flying over the bed to the carpet, or did it just bilocate? Like, was there on the nightstand and then just jump to the carpet? But luckily, we only stayed there one night. That place was weird. Yeah, there's certain people, uh, places that have a vibe like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't need to stay here a second night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shoot. (laughs) So the film has been out. Uh, What's been the feedback on the film? Oh, it's not out yet. It's it's not out yet. Yeah, I'm taking through the film festival circuit and just promoting it right now. Um, yeah. Um, but I have screened it with a lot of people. A lot of people think it's great. It's a great film. I really got my buddy thought it was unreal. He he really liked it. Um, but, um, it's made several festivals. Uh, so far, I've won several awards. Uh, the next festival we're in is in Detroit next month. Um, it's called the Motor City Legacy Horror Film Festival and Convention. So we'll be be at that one. It will be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, right now, basically, uh, most people don't really understand independent filmmaking in the sense when it comes to like release dates, because most movies you're like, okay, major studio, they make it, they have a production schedule, they have a release date, yada, yada, yada. When you do an independent film, you have to get as much hype and promotion, everything, so you can eventually sell it to a distribution company. So it's a little bit more complicated, but when it comes to an actual release date, it's going to be released sometime this year. My buddy Don said it would be very cool if we released it on the exact same date in October that that alien image was caught on. <laughs> yeah, why not? That would be really cool. <laughs> I have an episode on this guy who who researches um, multiple numbers, like 1111, you know, those oh, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things. I've been seeing 1111 a lot. <laughs> and I put him on, his episode's coming out February 22nd, 2022, because that's what we talk about, the multiple numbers thing. I've been seeing 1111 for over 20 years. Yeah, I haven't, I've I've done the same thing. I was in Alaska, so we back, I researched all the numbers and I love the angels numbers. Um, there's a guy on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, um, you are creators is his account. He's really good stuff. And uh, he goes through all the numbers and uh, yeah, I've been seeing 11, 11, a lot lately that and two, 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 or forms of 22. So it's been weird. I don't know. Sometimes it means something's <laughs> happening. I don't know, but that's just weird. You brought that number up. Cause I've been seeing it a lot and you just brought it up on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah but this guy he did the math and he started playing with the math of the numbers and he started realizing what it meant and it was super nice guy garrett king he's got a youtube channel um but yeah well um it was been fun talking about your i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your movie for sure 
And uh, why don't you give your details so people can find you or contact you or? Uh, right now, if you check out um, uh, facebook.com uh, backslash Redgate or uh, Redgate Films or Redgate Film, or if you just, I've been documenting everything with this film since I started pretty much. So if you go on like Instagram, go to the hashtag Redgate Film, uh, you're going to find a lot of information there. And then I'm, I'm starting a website today called The Secret of Redgate and uh, or secret secret of Redgate. Uh, um, and I'm going to put that up here pretty soon because I need an official website. I've been kind of doing the social media marketing game for a while on this and it just keeps picking up more and more. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, when this, this thing finally comes out. Yeah. So what's next? Do you know what you're going to, what your next project's going to be? So um, right now we have, we have a, a, we have a TV producer contact us and we're working on a TV series deal right now as we speak. So cool. we're going to have yeah TV series on it. And then we're going to, uh, my plan is to have, I want this to be like a film series. So this is the first film of the series because um, there's, there's so much stuff. It, I couldn't possibly go through all the stuff in one podcast episode with you, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, so much crazy stuff in it. And the film kind of lends the idea of not saying exactly what it is, kind of like Blair Witch style, almost like that. So yeah. it really intrigues you. It really leaves you hanging. There's plenty of stuff. Unlike Blair Witch, there is a lot of stuff that actually happens within the film, um, but you do get um, kind of leaving hanging at a little bit at the end where it's not fully explained. And I'd like to do future films on it to go more into so much different stuff that we could go into. But yeah. Well, it, you, you know, um, Mount Ida, Arkansas, there's a large lake there and that's supposedly a underwater base for UFOs. Oh, really? You might want to check that area out. And also got... it's the crystal heart of the earth. The crystals literally grow in the soil and you can pick them up out of the ground in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, I'm a really? little obsessed with Arkansas. I need to go back. I'm going back. <laughs> that is interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, but while I was out there, I spent a week out there. I saw I saw probably two or three UFOs out there just the week I was out there. Um, one, I was, well, I, I saw the flash. You know, some people report when they're out at night. It's like a big flashlight camera bulb. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Like a humongous camera just flashed at you. And that happened to me and a couple of people when we were out there at night stargazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you that couldn't is interesting. tell where it came from or it was just a massive flash of light. I don't know where. That is and, weird. And and the people I was with, they're real chill. You know, they're starseed type of people. So I was like, hey, wait a minute. Did you see that? And they're like, yeah, we saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah we saw that okay well that's never happened to me before and hasn't happened to me since (laughs) (laughs) luckily none of us disappeared (laughs) yeah no exactly that's that's where it starts right that's where the first abduction starts with the flash and then they got you hooked (laughs) yeah or they you see it and then you end up getting taken or you're missing time or whatever but yeah yeah, gosh, yeah. this that stuff's all so weird and creepy. Yeah, Mount Ida is really there's a lot of activity there. Yeah, you can. Um, I saw the guy last night. He wanted to come out. He was like, "If I came out here, could I go up to the Redgate area? Because all this creepy stuff happened. Could I just camp there or something?" It's like, technically, there's a a public 
um, access camping ground right above Redgate where everything is. And there's all kinds of hiking trails and everything else. So if anybody ever wanted to go up there and, and try to get abducted by an alien, um, I can show you where to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to camp up there when I was a kid and stuff, but now I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to camp up there anymore. <laughs> it makes you not want to camp anywhere. I know. You know? Just, just what the cameras are picking up out in the forest, that's a hard no. I think I will be in the hotel. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that for right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for being on the show. And I wish you luck on your film. And um, I can't wait to see it and see what else you come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. And yeah, uh, glad to be on. Had a great discussion today.